Hello, everybody, on Practical Chinese Herbology. My name is Meg Hodge, and I promised yesterday that I would do a live today about Lyme disease and neurological inflammation. I wanted to give you guys, start giving you guys some tools to uh, help uh, recognize and, and treat Lyme disease patients before our seminar that is scheduled for September 8th and 9th in Miss Texas. Breen Crawford and I will be teaching that. So uh, first I wanted to just give you some of my favorite key signs and indications that I'm seeing with patients that are coming in the door, some weird stuff that uh, make me think immediately of neurological inflammation. I uh, mentioned on some other Facebook Live about, a, um, about my intake form and how one of the ways that, one of the ways that I use to spot uh, goo patients is looking for certain categories in my intake that have a lot of boxes checked in them. And one of the ones that I'm looking for is the neuro neurological and mood sections of my intake form. So I wanted to just go over some of the symptoms that I'm looking for if I'm suspecting a Lyme disease patient. So uh, one of my absolute favorites and one that, uh, unless the patient is pregnant, makes me go, aha, something deeper and strange is going on here, is um, <laughs> heightened sense of smell. So that is not something you will see with a lot of patients. And if you do see a patient that is not pregnant complaining of heightened sense of smell, you want to really consider some type of neurological inflammation. It's a weird symptom. You won't see it a lot, but it's an important one. So if you see that, consider neurological inflammation. Um, another is uh, weird, weird sounds. So some of the symptoms that I have seen patients complain of are uh, tinnitus, obviously, some auditory hallucinations, and uh, another sort of dead ringer symptom that I see a lot of Lyme patients suffering from is these weird episodes where they'll be in a room and you know listening to people talk or something and everything seems normal and all of a sudden the volume will kick way 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 up it's like literally somebody turned the dial it's really weird it really I freaks them out but it is uh it's, it's good to know that that's when you'll see with patients so you can just sort of calm them and let them know that it's pretty normal and it's just a little bit of inflammation and there's some things that you can do to to help with the inflammation that's causing that kind of neurological irritation um, oh, another one about the weird smells is a lot of the patients that have the heightened sense of smell, you'll also see the connection with um, the stomach where the heightened sense of smell will make it really hard for them to eat or drink anything because the smells make them nauseous. Um, with these types of patients, they're often very easily overstimulated and they're going to be um, describing themselves, Andrew wrote something, New patient here has heightened sense of hearing, same category, yes, exactly. Um, you'll sometimes see that heightened sense of hearing coming and going in, in waves and, and very unexpectedly. Uh, so uh, introversion, uh, if uh, you get a patient that says, I used to be really um, social and love going out and lately I feel really anxious and I just wanna stay home. Um, you want to match up, you know, case history and uh, be looking for, you know, did they take weird walks in the woods, have tick bites, have sex with somebody who has Lyme disease, that kind of thing. Um, but a sudden change in their sociability could be a, another sign of neurological inflammation. Uh, patients that have had Lyme disease for a while are probably going to maybe come into your office talking about spoons. Uh, 
chronic illness patients will uh, use a uh, concept of spoons, they'll call themselves spoonies to talk about how little they can get done in a day, how they feel like they can only get, you know, have four spoons and they can do four things in a day and maybe that's a really good day for them or something like that. More peripherally, patients are gonna have shooting or stabbing pains. That's gonna be a really common Lyme disease symptom. And uh, these patients are gonna be really incredibly sensitive to touch. They're gonna be really jumpy often if they've been sick for a while. They are maybe gonna really hate your acupuncture and uh, they're gonna be really grateful if you tell them that you can help them without acupuncture or if you can do really gentle non-invasive techniques. So if you get these people that just want to um, kind of hide in their rooms and uh, be alone all day, you can kind of suspect this thing. Another sort of key um, the thing that you'll hear from these patients is that they wake up in the mornings and they feel horrible, 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 and it takes them a really long time to get out of bed. And maybe they manage to get out of bed by 11 or noon. They sort of, uh, you know, sit up in bed until 2 o'clock, and maybe by 4 or 5 or 6, they're, they're feeling well enough to um, get out and maybe go to a doctor's appointment or something like that. Um, Lacey says, to Andrew's first question, is there a difference? Are 90% of people full of parasites like I've read? How do we differentiate? That's a really good question. Um, from a Chinese medicine perspective, it's not really the parasite that matters so much. It is that the person's body has become so dysfunctional that they can't manage to keep the parasite at bay and keep it from not completely ruining their lives. So. You know, I'm talking about Lyme disease because it's a thing that's going to be coming into a lot of people's clinics increasingly, especially if you're on the East Coast. And um, you need to be able to talk to these patients from, you know, the place that they're coming at, coming from rather, and uh, talk to them about their disease and assure them that they're, they're right. And, you know, we may never, we're probably never going to get rid of every single parasite that's in a person's body because of how these parasites can remain dormant for long periods of time. But we are working on, um, just like with fiber patients, just making them stronger so they can live healthy, functional lives. Um, most people have parasites and that doesn't, if you're healthy and happy, it doesn't matter. It matters when you're, when you're really sick. Um, okay, so where did I leave off? Um, sensitive to touch, so migraines and uh, are another key sign that you'll see with patients tend to have lots of stabbing pain, pain behind the eyes, pain in the ears sometimes. Um, and my other favorite um, symptom that uh, is sort of another dead ringer for me is um, patients will come in, young people have these weird tremors. My favorite is when you're uh, taking a patient's pulse and it's like just their, their thumb twitches or it seems like the top part of their arm twitches and uh, you notice it and you ask the patient about it and you say, hey, uh, how long have you had, had that twitch or that tremor? And they look at you like, what are you talking about? That's when I suspect that there's uh, some kind of neurological inflammation and it could be Lyme disease, it could be autoimmune disease. From our perspective, it doesn't matter too much, but you wanna start thinking about the health of their neurological system if they have these weird fasciculations 90% uh, of the time, they're going to be completely unaware of them, which seems super strange, um, but it's a thing. So um, diagnostically, when you see these types of neurological um, symptoms, herb categories that you can think about are herbs that um, settle the spirit and open the orifices 
and sort of secondarily some some yin tonics. So how much does goo weirdness influence bipolar disorder? That's a really good question. Um, I would say potentially hugely um, because something like bipolar disorder um, could, depending on the person in the case, have a lot of neurological inflammation. Yeah, I, I think that that could be a real issue. I haven't seen it personally clinically. Patients that have a diagnosis of Lyme disease and bipolar disease, but they can look it can look a lot like bipolar because their, their moods are all over the place. And that's the one thing I forgot to um, mention is that if you have a mood section on your intake box where the patient is complaining about their moods being all over the place, it, the swings can be quite violent and uh, extremely uncomfortable and weird for the patient. And they can feel um, really disassociated from their moods. Like, I feel like I'm not me anymore. Um, and uh, that can absolutely be related to neurological inflammation, which can absolutely be related to goo disease. So I was just gonna briefly touch upon three of my favorite herbs for treating these types of symptoms and just um, talk a little bit about the types of symptoms that I'm looking for if I'm gonna prescribe these herbs. So it's worth mentioning that when you have Lyme disease patients, just like the MDs are doing um, with antibiotics, you're, you're wanting to rotate herbs at most every four to six weeks because the the way that um, the spirochete can, can mutate and um, become invisible to the immune system, you always want to keep it guessing. So you really wouldn't want to give any of these herbs constantly, but they're ones that you can sort of put in your, in your toolbox. So one of my favorites that's just a great herb for so many people in uh, the United States because of how fat and lazy we all are is Danshin. And uh, that's salvia, in case you were unaware, and that herb is bitter and cool and it goes to the heart pericardium and the liver and so if I see a patient that has um, a pulse that is thin and weak in the left soon and they have cardiac issues or anxiety and insomnia issues that is an herb that a Lyme patient is typically going to tolerate extremely well so uh, Breen and I were very lucky in that our teacher, Heiner Fruhoff, has been treating goo disease for probably about 30 years now. And he has learned over time that Lyme patients and goo patients tend to tolerate some herbs better than others. And so the, the less chemically complex and the less uh, complex the flavor and um, the less extreme the temperature, the more, uh, I'm speaking very generally, the better Lyme disease patients are going to tolerate these herbs. They tend to tolerate herbs that are sort of what you would consider to be a food grade type of sub substance that don't have extremes sort of inherent in the nature of the herb. So Danshin absolutely fits in that category. Um, the next one on the list um, is one that uh, Andrew and Brian Crawford talked about recently on the Botanical Biohacking um, podcast, Shirchanku, um, and that one is acrid and bitter and warm, and it goes to the heart and the stomach, and it's one that um, you can use incredibly successfully when there are damp GI issues, especially if there's brain fog. Brain fog is one of the key signs and symptoms for Lyme disease patients, and it's typically the one that they struggle with the longest. It's, if you're treating Lyme disease patients, you probably notice that it's one of the last symptoms to go. So an herb like Shirchanku can be incredibly helpful at, at lifting the fog. It's in that open orifice category. 
The third one on the list that I feel like gets overlooked a lot in modern TCM is Baiho, which is lily bulb. And um, that one is sweet and cool. It also has a very um, delicate kind of flavor and it goes to the heart mm. and the lung. And everybody's going nuts about Baiho. <laughs> and um, so for Lyme disease patients, you get a lot of them that will complain of feeling very easily fried or delicate and you'll just get this sense of um, this incredible capacity to be really easily overstimulated and if you have a patient like that and they have some yin deficiency symptoms the baiha herb can be incredibly powerful to sort of help essentially provide a, a balm to their really inflamed and irritated nerves so um, those are my top three. Those are my favorites. Uh, and I think Brian and I will be doing some more of these Facebook Lives as we get a little closer to the seminar. Um, just to tell you guys a little bit about the seminar, uh, it's going to be two days in Austin, Texas. Day one is going to be um, partly educating you about how to talk to Lyme disease patients, um, teaching you a little bit about how the spirochete works because Lyme disease patients are, know all this kind of stuff and you need to be able to build trust with them quickly and talk to them intelligently. And uh, the second part of that day, we're going to teach you about how to use some plug-and-play formulas. Um, Heiner Fruhoff has the great uh, classical pearls line and it's those are really really wonderful if you're not a true blue herbalist if you're still learning how to use Chinese herbs and if you feel like you need a little extra guidance the classical pearls line is really great and we're gonna we're gonna teach you how to do it we're gonna give you a little insight sort of beyond what is uh, available on their, their website and some of Heiner's produce seminars and that type of thing and we're gonna be doing some role-playing uh, Brian was in, had this crazy idea to uh, sort of do some Dungeons and Dragons uh, <laughs> inspired role playing with uh, helping uh, you guys learn how to use the formulas effectively. And then day two is going to be more about how to uh, compose your own formulas and teaching you the basics there, giving you a more comprehensive list of these single herbs that goo patients tend to tolerate very well and teaching you exactly how to combine them and when to rotate them and all that kind of stuff. So I hope you guys found this live helpful. And uh, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. Let me see if there are any more questions. We're good. And I um, hope to see you guys in, in September. I think a lot of really amazing people that I really respect are coming and I think it's going to be worst case scenario a really great and fun weekend and we're going to do everything that we um, everything in our power to teach you everything that we know so that you can go home on Monday and start treating Lyme patients it's really a true need uh, western medicine is filling a little bit of a gap but failing miserably in some ways and you know, when I treat patients that are having antibiotic therapy and they're really plateauing and they come in and they take Chinese herbs, they get better. They get such quality of life back so fast. It's totally inspiring to me and I hope inspiring to you. And if you want to learn how to do that, I will tell you everything I know. So come out and I'll see you guys in September. Bye.